What's happening, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Endless Sales Podcast. Uh, I'm John, uh, and I'm still hosting. Uh, but Stephen is back with us as a guest today. Stephen, how are you doing, mate? Doing fine. Fantastic weekend out with the boys on Saturday, and then watch the game on Sunday. There, so all in all, a great weekend so far. Now on the Monday, looking forward to it. Yeah, definitely. And we're also joined by Ross. How are you doing, Ross? I am good, mate. Uh, still. Recovering from the antics that Stephen's just sort of described, uh, but I'm looking forward to doing this podcast after another positive uh, result. Yeah, I definitely, and I think like you guys, it's a, for people listening, it's like we all as a podcast all went out on uh, take Glasgow on Saturday night, and I think we're still feeling the effects of that full day session today. But uh, absolutely delighted to have you both with us, uh, Stephen. Obviously, normally you're hosting. Uh, you're still dealing with a lot of things, but you're able to. Uh, so I've just been kind of taking the reins at the minute, and uh, you're still jumping on just to impart your your thoughts on the uh, this week or the weekend's events. Um, so let's just dive right in there, guys. Uh, obviously, um, Sunday there, uh, Celtic played Hearts in the League Cup, uh, a three-two victory, which ultimately didn't reflect the dominance uh, in the game in Celtic's end. Um, Scoreline favoured Hearts a hell of a lot more than it should have. Um, but just coming to yourself first, Ross, what was your thoughts on the game on Sunday? Um, I I thought we we played really well. Um, certainly that first half was it was absolutely incredible. Really, um, I've watched obviously the last couple of games uh, at home against Dundee and um, Jablonek, and when you're watching it in the telly. You get you get an appreciation of the, the the how hard they're working in the press and stuff, but like it mean the three years were at the game yesterday, and uh, I I don't know if he's all agree, but I think you get more of a sense of it uh, when you're actually there in the flesh. Uh, I just thought the work rate was absolutely unbelievable. I just like I just love everything about the Celtic team right now. Maybe we. They've still got a wee bit of work to do on the defence, evidently, but certainly going forward and winning the ball back high up the park, it's it's, it's stunning to watch. I, I could watch it every every single week happily. And OK, we're conceding some goals at times and they're no great, but we're still picking up the wins at the minute and that's the main thing. Uh, and it's it's just it's so good to watch. Uh, Kyogo, even Edward looked like he was working harder yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I never obviously, I've not seen any highlights of that, but one of uh, Monko had told me that at half time, I think Celtic had enjoyed 83% per, 83% possession of the ball in yeah. the first half, which is like unha- un- unheard of really, usually something like 50, 60 at the most. But Oh, it was just it was an incredible first half, and it's it's very difficult to keep that intensity up. And there was a drop off in the second half, but when they did go forward, they they, they still had too much for Hearts, eh, movement wise, and they, they just couldn't cope with. Eh, and Hearts got they they got the goal. We make it two eh, one, get back into it. Eh, it was a bit of a mistake for Starfield. I think he should just deal with that and clear his. Clear his lines right away instead yeah. of trying to take the touch. Well, just cost him. But on that on that Starfield thing, it's like if you I know if you were at the game, Ross, uh, as we both were, but um, for where we were sitting, we were obviously up the other side, um, and by all accounts, it looked like Starfield he had the ball at his feet, and it looked like he went to clear it, 
uh, and he obviously is it Boyce has stepped in uh, and got kicked, mm-hmm. and he's obviously I mean it's a it is a penalty because oh, Starfield was wiped to get out, but it, it wasn't really his fault because he was trying to clear his lines, and I watched the highlights back, and a lot of people uh, online have kind of been like saying oh Starfield this Starfield that and being quite negative about it, but I mean mm-hmm. by all accounts he, he went to kick the ball away. Boy stepped right in front of him. He put he put his leg out in front of him, turned the hat, went over, and he's won his team apparently. But I don't really think I think it's 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 it has to be so difficult. Uh, it has to be so hard on Starfield for me for that because like, Aye, I mean, didn't uh, see him um, coming in, and mm-hmm. like he, like I say, he's just he's, he's went to kick the ball away, and he's he's boys is just stuck in in front of him. Aye, I mean I'm only going by I've not seen highlights like I said, but uh, I'm only going by what I seen at the game, and I'm I'm no. Like I'm not slating him by any stretch, I'm just, but he probably was. You have to say slightly at fault because I think he should deal with it quicker. But according to what I've seen in the flesh, it looks like he should deal with it quicker and just get rid of it. But it's one of the ones. Eh? He, he, he's took a touch. He's tried to try to get rid of it, and he's just nicked in in front of him, and it, it happens. Oh, it wasn't a glaring mistake, but it was a slight slight mistake nonetheless, but aye, the, the game in a whole was, was just brilliant again, bar the, the couple of lapses, and I was sitting at, sitting at the last minute, I'd put a, a bet on um, Kyogo any time in Celtic to win 3-1, and that goal goes in right, <laughs> I was like, oh my god man, that is just my luck, all over the back, but aye, I've thoroughly enjoyed the game and the atmosphere, and you, you just get that sense that all the fans are starting to get really behind us, uh, the way we're playing, and it's 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 great. It's it's a far cry for last year, and I, I'm now like, once a game's finished, it gets to the next day, and I'm like, hurry up for the next game to come because I just want to see them playing the, the style of football that they're playing. Yeah, absolutely, and I think just going back to what you <laughs> mentioned earlier, obviously keeping that level of intensity up for ninety minutes is going to be really hard today. It doesn't matter what fitness level you're at. That amount of running up and down that pitch is going to take its toll on everybody. Um, but it's it's you can see it's still very early days, obviously, but you can see the sort of direction we're heading in. And we've touched on it um, in this podcast in previous episodes and we've said, and me and Ross, I've, I've, I've been in firm agreement with you, we're actually going to do some teams here this season. Um, and if if you take into account the way, like you said, that first half, eight eighty or three percent possession, it's incredible. And if you're pinning a team like Hearts back that much eh, in the first half, um, then, and I mean, on, on another day, we take our chances there. Stop taking the additional extra touches. It's like you're you're sitting six seven nothing at the end of the first half. It was actually incredible the the, the way we were pressing them and how much the chances we had. I just just Stephen, just before I come to you, I just want to touch on. The actual 90 minutes match stats. Uh, Celtic actually finished the game with 72% possession, uh, 36 shots to Hearts is five, 11 of those on target to Hearts two, 14 corners. I mean, that just kind of sums up like 36 shots on target and 14 corners. Uh, sorry, 36 shots in total, 11 on target, 14 corners. And again, like I said, um, if if you're taking the if you if you're not taking the additional touches and 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 some of the other shots come off, uh, then I mean, the scoreline could have been ridiculous. Um, but that just kind of shows damn getting the amount of shots off compared to what we were doing last season. 
um, is, is it's drastic. And there's a very very sharp, stark contrast between the two. Stephen, obviously you were at the game as well. Um, what was your thoughts overall on the game? I mean, I, I was at the game absolutely hanging, but I mean, <laughs> it was still it was a fantastic game. I have to say, before I get into the actual game itself, I thought the atmosphere was fantastic. From start to finish, the crowd were bouncing, were singing songs, everyone was happy, everyone was cheering, singing. And I just thought that brought a positive atmosphere throughout the whole game. I mean, as you said, there are like over 30 shots and 11 on target. Any other game, you could have won that 78 0. Obviously, we conceded two. But I think you're right when you say we will give teams some absolute hammerings this year, this season, anyway. I mean, the game itself, bring it back to the start. I was a wee bit concerned when he had Edward starting through the middle and Kyogo out the left. I didn't understand why he'd done that. But obviously in hindsight and stuff, it worked. But I hope going forward he sticks to putting Kyogo through the middle. Maybe that was because Christie was injured. I know Edward contributed with a good goal, obviously a good team going and stuff. But that first half was just, it was amazing. The, the pressing was so intense. The, the back four, the, the two centre-backs were basically over the halfway line, not just sitting on it, they were over it. And... Hearts were paying back. There was no getting out, and the, the Edward goal was fantastic team play. It was built up down the left. Kyogo was involved with a nice ball to Forrest. Forrest puts it back, and Edward finishes. What's like Kyogo did the other week there in the six 0 game yeah, yeah. in the bottom corner, and then the Welsh goal I thought was brilliant thinking. It was a quick corner kick, flipped in, and he headed it on. And then obviously the who was it to give the last goal? Let's slip my mind. Kyogo. Kyogo. And Kyogo, a brilliant bit of play by him because Hearts thought he was offside. He sat back in the position and he does fire to pass Craig Gordon. And by the way, Craig Gordon was a man possessed yesterday. A man possessed. He just wanted to save everything. He was shouting at the referee about the smallest things. And I think Watson, the thing as a whole, the concerning thing is that we can see the two the two shots on target and this, this still scored twice. That happened last season. That's something that needs to be took out of our game. And in regards to Starfelt, uh, there, there has been a lot of criticism of him. I do, I do agree with you, John. But again, what's this? His third game, isn't it? Third competitive game, fourth game, uh, maybe. Still early days, yeah. But I tend to agree. I'm not really that impressed by him. That's being honest. I think Welsh looks the better of the two centre backs, and I just hope that's maybe Starfield settling in. I think he was a bit lackadaisy for the the penalty kick. Boys nipped in front of him. He sh- as Ross said, he should have dealt with that quicker. And then the goal at the end was a. It was a sloppy play. I think that the heads were kind of gone in terms of the needle won the game. Concentration levels were, were down because it was the final minute. But all in all, all in all, guys, I thought it was a fantastic day. I was It was great to be back. It was my first time back in about two years, maybe, I think it was. So it's, it was fantastic and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And as Ross said, I'm looking forward to the next game. Yeah, no, definitely an absolutely fantastic game, I'm sure we'll agree. Despite the, despite the result, which again, certainly made that... It, made it look more favourable for Hearts than the actual stats in the actual game itself suggests for anybody who didn't see the game just looking at the scoreline will probably think it was a lot closer than it was when ultimately it wasn't and it was very one-sided um, but yeah the, 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 the defensive issues obviously are something that we all know need to be ironed out in that and like you mentioned there Staffel for you, uh, you you're no confident in them um, for me, I'd, like you said, it, it's only his third or so game, full game. He's, he's, it's still very early days. He's came into a new country, a completely different style of football than he's used to playing. Um, and these things, we need to be patient because we can see there's, he showed moments and glimpses where you can see that there's a, a defender there. Um, his positioning is generally quite good. He, he's passing. Uh, he's had a couple of 
hiccups, but he, I, I think for the most part he's been or he's been all right and he's he's, he's progressed game on game on. Uh, and like I says, go that's ahead. what I'm saying. I'm thinking, start as I said there. Like <clears throat> I can understand the criticism. I tend to agree. <laughs> Again, you're saying it's early days. I agree with that as well. The the thing that concerns me the most when I was watching. Uh, Starfelt, he's very slow out of the ball. It seemed like the Hearts player was always getting there first or he, he was giving fouls away. And then obviously, the Laxey days ago play led to the penalty kick. I'm not saying there's a, he's a bad defender, but he needs to sharpen up a wee bit, if you know what I mean. Aye. But again, like you say, for me, it's still early days and that, that'll, that'll still come. But we've obviously still got other, other guys to come in. Uh, and you'd like to think another centre-half is going to be one of them, another right-back. And, and once we've got all the pieces together and he's had a few more games under his belt, um, like he's, he's partnered Welsh a little bit more, um, and and they've developed a better partnership. Then I think we'll we'll definitely reap the benefits here again. But I'm just trying to be positive, I suspect. Uh, but I'm I'm just enjoying the football, man. Um, personally, and I, I think it, I think we we look absolutely great at the minute. Um, one of the one of the things I want to touch on, Ross, and I'm just going to come to yourself is, obviously. The TV didn't really pick up on it. Watching the highlights and that, like that it didn't pick up on it. But if you were at the game, you seen the treatment of Cool go off the ball, um, and you could hear the crowd getting at the ref. I mean, the the the, the treatment of Cool go off the ball. The, I, I don't know the Hearts boy. I think it was number five. They're right back. Um, is that who it was? Like I says, but there was moments off the ball where he was kind of gain. He was like kind of digging at Cool go um, and. The referee was obviously he, he never seen it, but he was he was getting absolutely nothing for a while, uh, and then somebody eventually got booked for it. Um, but I mean, what, what just quickly, Ross? I don't know how much of that you've seen, um, but you obviously heard the crowd uh, and their reactions to it and the booing and everything else. Um, what what was your thoughts on the the treatment of Kilgo, and and do you think that people are going to continue to try to do that? Do you think that's through fear because they they don't know how they're going to be able to deal with them because Let's be honest. He's going to he's going to give some of these defenders nightmares. Uh, I I mean I was one of the ones that was booing because I I seen it uh, on the four occasions that he was wrestled or manhandled uh, before and the ref didn't even like speak to him. Uh, it was four times and then I think it was the fifth time he booked. I don't know if it was the same boy. It was Daniel at the time, but. Uh, he eventually booked somebody for it, but it was it was just actions. A, a man that's been given the runaround for X amount of minutes and can't get near him, a, and it's just like basically like I need to like rough you up here to let you know you're in a game because I can't get near you. A, certainly in a footballing sense, but it was just a guy trying to be physical, but he got over physical. A, Kyle goes a wee guy, so he, he can sort of manhandle him a bit easier if you like but uh, I I thought the referee should have spoke to whoever uh, before like the fifth time but at least in the end he yeah, did he take did. action but uh, it's, it, it's not good to see but I think uh, we'll certainly see more of that uh, going forward in the season um, because if he continues to play the intensity he does and the, the defenders, certainly in our league, I don't think I've got the fitness levels of him and they're just going to have to be more physical with him because, because of how well he is, uh, like fitness-wise and speed and all the rest of it. So I, it, it, it wasn't good to see, but I think we'll see more of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and obviously, 
Um, Kyogo himself, Danny, I mean, that, that kind of thing doesn't seem like it's going to bother him overall. I think he's going to need to, he, he'll be getting told, uh, I'm assuming Ange and stuff will be telling him that, that defenders are probably going to be like that with him um, here. Um, but I'm sure it's something he'll be able to cope with and deal with. I don't think it's going to phase him uh, or scare him in any way. Um, uh, it's, and, it's lo- Sorry, John. Uh, no, I was ahead. just going to say, as, as, as long as he reacts in the way he did yesterday and no no get involved in anything, uh, just hold his hands up in, in disbelief and then go and do his talking uh, on the football park yeah. in a footballing sense, uh, which yeah. he did yesterday. Absolutely. For example, uh, you mentioned the, the pass through to Forest. Oh, um, wow. Absolutely incredible. And the way he had it, the, the accuracy, the weight behind it, uh, the distance as well to, to play it in front of James the way he did. And then for James, obviously, cut it back for Edward to score. Uh, and, and then there was the goal itself that Kugo scored, um, which kind of just cemented the fact that I think we as Celtic fans have really taken him and we all love him. There was, I think there, there was very early on in the match as well, uh, he hugged the referee. Uh, there was a wee foul in the box up at the heart's end uh, and I think the referee was giving him a wee talking to and he just kind of gave him a wee hug and he, there's a very endearing qualities to Kugo and I'm sure that I mean well I think we can see it already that um, he's, the Celtic fans love him um, and like he says but it's, it's not just that it, it, it looks to be the makings of a phenomenal footballer and he's going to do absolute wonders for us um, Stephen just coming to yourself obviously you see like I says um, maybe people who who for those who weren't in the game, I don't know if there's any highlights packages or shown stuff like that, or if they managed to catch anything on the TV. Um, but f- for those of us that were at the game, we all seen it, um, and it, it was like Ross touched on. This is that, that was a guy acting out of fear because for me, he couldn't get near Kyogo, uh, and like he was trying to game a wee, try to rough him up a wee bit and let him know that he's still there, uh, and maybe try and put him off his game. What what was your thoughts on that? The handling of that by the referee. Well, I'm sure Mr. John Beaton wouldn't have liked the hug anyway. He wouldn't have liked that. But I don't want to get into John Beaton himself because he'd be here all day. I thought it was a disgrace in the Hearts game. No, but... I, I refuse to even mention his name. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the Kyogo thing was much like that European game when we were on last. I just don't know what to do with him. And people are fooled, by the way, if they think that Kyogo can't handle the physicality of the Scottish League because there was one point in the, during the game where he got fouled, he won the free kick, he walked into the box and he just put his hands up in the air for us to all start chanting. He was smiling. It's like he invites that kind of thing onto himself because he knows he's going to win a free kick. Or if the referee does notice it, the attention will be drawn to him anyway. But the likes of Michael Smith, Craig Halkett as well, there was points where they were literally just grabbing him and throwing him over, not throwing him over the shoulder, but over, over their knees or tripping him up or going behind him and getting really close to him. And to be fair to Kyogo, like he did go down, but he was just pointing out that he got fouled. But as Ross said, he got up and he got on with it. He didn't get involved in any, any fights or any pushing the shoving matches. He was game for it. He was wanting it. He was ready. And I think, as you said, John, Kyogo is going to torture defences. This is a guy who was fed by Iniesta, who was set up by Iniesta in the Japanese league. Iniesta is miles above anything in the Scottish League in terms of a passing sense, of, in terms of playing someone through. That's the kind of level Kyogo's at when he's making them runs. And the SPL defenders, including every team in this, by the way, will not be able to cope. And the only measure they'll have is underhand tactics, tripping them up when the referee's not looking, pulling them to the ground when the referee's not looking. But again, as Ross said, I, I totally agree with you guys. Kyogo's just going to get up, get on with it and score the goals and he's going to smash up teams. Simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and like I said, I think it's something we can all look forward to. Um, 
and can't wait to see how this season progresses. This is excited as for me personally that I've been in a long time, um, and it's been when you when you think of the, the the sort of state of last season and the disaster it was and how how low we all felt coming into the, the end of that season and and going into this season with I think there was an element of concern or worry. But see now I I I don't know how you guys feel, but for me. Um, that all that I forgot about last season already, and I'm absolutely buzzing about this year. Um, right. you you feel the same, I? I am. I'm actually. I'm I'm walking about at the minute with the way we're certainly uh, defending for the front and stuff and attacking teams. I'm walking about with a slight hint of smugness. <laughs> well, like you say, it's still a long way to go, but I get it. I understand exactly where you're coming from. Um, and like you say, we've still got. A big game coming up the end of this month, um, so I'm sure we'll try and get the full panel on it as we do for for, for the derby games. But um, that's still a bit away, so we'll, we'll, we'll let's just focus on the here and now. Um, first up then uh, is the fact that well, let's just look at the signings or the the lack of defensive signings. We touched on it briefly um, on, on Tuesday's episode, um, but post match Ange had mentioned that. There's definitely guys coming, um, and we, we suspect, or at least we're hoping, that it's going to be some point this week. Um, and and all reports are saying that uh, Jan Kuto was at a game um, the other week, uh, and he's desperate, according to Sky Sports anyway, which is one of the main sources um, for sort of news because I don't think they, they generally report hearsay. Um, there has to be a bit of weight behind it, but by all by all accounts, he he's desperate to come up here. Um, so what what have you heard, guys, Ross, coming back to yourself? What have you heard? Um, are you hoping that we'd sort of wrap a couple more up this week? Uh, aye, well, we, as you say, we touched on it last week and I said that if, if Ange uh, is saying that we're going to have signings in last week, then I believe him. He did say he was hopeful he given signings in. Um, I, I mean, it's, they're obviously working on it. There's no doubt about it. Uh, as regards that Kuto, I thought I heard something the day that 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 was no happening anymore. Um, I could be wrong there, but uh, I thought that they would they'd started to turn their attention more towards uh, Juranovic, I think it was. Um, I well, could be totally... thing, we're, we're hearing all these different things, I but again, I think today I read that, or that's what I was saying about the Kuto thing, that he's desperate to come up here. I think, who was it? He was at an Italian team. Was it Regina or something? I can't remember I what it was. I don't know. I need to go back and check it, but they, they're desperate to bring him <laughs> back, but he's desperate for a move up here, and apparently he's pleading me sort of Man City to let the move to Celtic happen, because this is right. where he wants to be, and he wants to be part of it. Uh, so I just read that today, which is why I mentioned it. So, sorry to cut you off. I, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not Byron saying... Ross. You're, I'm not saying you're wrong. Uh, I mean, I've said I'm certainly not like saying that, right. But I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't really fully read up in all the... the uh, transfer rumours and stuff like that. As I've said before, I like to see the guy coming in and then make my judgments then. Uh, but, aye, as I say, there's certainly there's work being done. There's too many people being linked for the key areas that we need uh, for there not to be something in the pipeline. Uh, but there, I think there's a lot of guesswork for the media again as well. So, yeah. uh, Time will tell. That's my favourite saying. I think on this time will tell, but uh, it it's will really. Uh, catchphrase, Ross. <laughs> I know, uh, but hopefully, if we can, 
I hate this. I, I keep saying it. Like we want another right back. We do want another right back because we've only got one. But Ralston hasn't he put a foot wrong. And uh, again, yeah, uh, yesterday he was absolutely outstanding. Uh, he's he's worked great getting up and down that line, coming inside into the midfield. Uh, yeah. Even like right down to towards the end of the, it was near the end of the game, and he's bombed down the left hand side, and he's got a toe on it and nicked it by the Hearts player, and he's just been absolutely scythed out. Uh, and that was late on in the game, and he's still like playing with that level of energy. So you you can't fault that guy right now. You just can't. Uh, but I back to the the signings again. A centre half, I think it looks on the evidence uh, yesterday again that we do we we do need like more help in there, more bodies in there. Um, obviously, we've got Julian to come back, uh, and then the, 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 again right up to the, the, when the transfer window closes, it's going to be up in the air with Edward. So it, it's like at the moment. If if he's going to be here, then we possibly don't need to get another striker in. But if he is going to go, then we, we, I really hope we've got something in the pipeline. Uh, it looks like that this is it Henri or Henry, whatever it is. Uh, he could be coming in, but is it only if Edward goes? Again, we don't know. I think it's still for. I mean. For insurance purposes, you would bring a guy in anyway because let's say Edward doesn't go this season, his contract's up mm-hmm. end of the year. Aye. So, I mean, you risk he's risking going for nothing. So then you're in a position where you've not got anybody in. So why not get somebody in the new and bed them in, um, and give them an opportunity to fight for a place? Because if Edward's still here and he's no firing on all cylinders and he's no sort of pulling his weight, then you've got another guy there waiting and ready anyway. So. I think it certainly for me anyway it would make sense to still bring in a striker regardless. But, um, but are, you, are they wanting to use the, the whatever sort of cash they get for Edward to put it towards the other striker? You don't know the financial situation, but uh, I don't know. It's all guesswork, isn't it? But exactly. But that's what I'm saying. It's like you're right, and the, the, the finances might be an issue. But for me, it makes sense at least. Uh, like when you think about it theoretically. The, on paper, it makes perfect sense, but as you said, finances might be an issue, uh, and you might be banking on the the the, the silly Edward uh, to sort of finance it. Um, touching quickly on the right back situation as well, we don't don't know exactly. if he's going to be here either. So it's 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 still it's going to be up in there right up to the window closes, and one I mean, it'll be good once it closes, providing we've got some more like bodies in. Uh, because then you can start to settle and you know where you are for Aye. certainly at least the next what six months or whatever it is until January. It's no six months, about four or five months maybe to Aye. January to opens yeah. up again. So uh, once 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 we get to the end of the window, we'll start things will start to settle down and we'll we'll have a settled team. Everybody will know what they're doing, sort of thing. So that that'll be good in that sense. Yeah. Definitely. And what about yourself, Stephen? What's your Thoughts and opinions on the current situation? Well, I think, well, I mean, don't mean to burst your bubble here, but I think one of the players we're missing out on is Thomas Henry. Apparently he's going to Ghent because Leuven are unhappy with Celtic's approach, which again, does that point to Celtic low-ball and transfer fees again instead of paying, paying what the player's worth? By all, <laughs> counts, your man, by all counts, your man Henry is meant to be a crack of the striker, scoring goals for fun for a team that doesn't really get a sniff at any trophies in Belgium. And it looks likely, I mean, there's different reports here saying that he's going to 
the Ghent and that's nearly 95% complete. So we kind of missed the boat in him. I mean, Chuto, I've seen the thing where he's it's saying he's pleading for a move. But again, as Ross said, the last thing I read today, it was dead in the water and we're turning our attention to the creation right back Juranovic from Lega Warsaw. And I think he'd be a better fit than Chuto in terms of his age and his stature in the game, his experience being an international for Croatia. I think that'll be a brilliant signing. It's concerning for me that there's been hardly any centre-backs linked, apart from Ektura from Manchester City on loan, and a left-back as well. I think that's desperate. We, need, we, need, we do need a left-back. That's concerning me that the Celtic board are looking at these different areas of thinking, he's doing well for now, we'll keep him there. He's doing well in terms of like Ralston and Taylor. I have nothing against them guys, and I agree with you totally. Ralston and Taylor have done brilliantly, but I think we need upgrades if we're going to progress further in European football, if we're going to challenge in all fronts in the, the, the Scottish domestic trophies and things. And we do need backup, especially at right back. I mean, I know we'll have Bolongoli and Montgomery who can play left back, but they haven't really featured. Well, Montgomery came on in the weekend there, but I mean, in terms of a left back position, um, I still think we need at least another winger for a bit more depth in there because you've seen Christie go out and then you have to ship Kyogo over to the left and I think that's a waste of Kyogo's ability even though he done fantastically well I think he's far better in the striker role we definitely need another striker again as I said the Omri deal looks dead in the water so if Postacoglu knows anyone in Japan please come and have them please but I mean I think as well all these possessions will get filled I think you might see a, a centre back and a right back and then that will be the business complete until January and then review it again, obviously, with the Christie situation. And in terms of that, I'm, I would be happy with that because they're addressing an urgent need because we do need another centre-back yeah. and a right-back. Yeah. Two more signings yeah. at least coming to the door and then review it in January. But the overall landscape of the team, I would still say we need about five or six players. Like, Yeah, uh, I think maybe that. Definitely. I would agree with that. I mean, it's like you said, they, I mean, that's the first I've heard about the Henri situation. But again, that's paper talk. It's, uh, we, we don't know the extent of it, we don't know the situation that we're all in, uh, and we don't know what how far along these deals, if they are actually deals happening, uh, are in place, or if it was never in place at all, and there were just names that were being linked, because we all know the media like to just throw names in the hat. Um, and we all know my thoughts on that. So we'll move on. <laughs> Swiftly. Uh, swiftly. <laughs> um, but I... Boys, obviously, like, like you mentioned, uh, and I just want to briefly touch on something because you said something there, Ross, as well, uh, about Ralston uh, right back. He, he's in that position himself, and I don't think we, we don't really have anybody else that can step in there. And despite that, um, you'd think they did have competition because he's been phenomenal for us that, so far this year, and he's not put a foot wrong. He's been absolutely solid, and that that touch up the wing, I've never seen him move like that either. I didn't realise they had that in him because he's quite a big, like, I mean, you see him on TV. It's one thing, but when you actually see him, he's he's a big laddie, and for him to move the way he did, um, and like he says, he, he was able to, at that stage of the game, he still to get off the mark like that. Um, it was it was really good to see, and I think that regardless of what happens, any right back that we bring in, um, between now and the window, um, closing, um, I, I hope that they're not just chucked in the start for the sake of it, because Ralston has not put a foot wrong as he says, and he deserves. The chance to, to to keep the shot, um, and whoever it is that comes in, needs to work their ass off to make sure that they're they're actually to fighting for it. I don't think it should be automatic. Um, but aye, moving on. So, what? Well, just um, Wednesday. I mean, this episode 
uh, as we always record it the night before it goes live. So this episode has been recorded Monday, goes out Tuesday lunchtime, uh, which means uh, the following day, tomorrow, if you're listening, uh, is uh, the home leg playoff game against Alkmaar. Um, obviously, we've seen the, the sort of lineup against Hearts and the way we played against Hearts, there was no let up. Ange obviously is in is the, the, the sort of mindset that resting players for bigger and more important games uh, is, is happening. Um, we know how important this Europa League qualifier is, and yet just days before it, he's, he's still got his guys 110%, still got the best team possible out in the field. And I think we discussed it in the car on the way through Ross um, about and potentially resting players and stuff like that because of the game. Um, so how just coming into the, what what do you think our chances are come Wednesday based on what you've seen on on Sunday and the sort of what, what do you think the lineup's going to look like? Um, well, as regards our chances, I don't I've not seen a lot of Alkmaar. They're certainly know the the team that I think they maybe did they win the UEFA Cup in two thousand two or something like that. Uh, they're they're know that team, um, but they'll they'll obviously be a good side and certainly an upgrade for. Jablonec, uh, possibly even an upgrade, if no, certainly as good as Michelin. Um So it's, we're under no illusions, I think, always, that it's, it'll be a tough night um, and we'll have to work hard to, to get a positive result. But work hard is what we'll do because evidently, as we've seen in the last four or five games, that's that's what this team is all about, hard work. Uh, but as regards the starting lineup. Um again I don't think there'll be too many changes. Uh it'll be for me probably heart and goal. The same back four, uh, Taylor, Starfelt, Welsh and Ralston because that pretty much picks itself just now. Um and then I think he'll probably just go with McGregor, Turnbull and Rogic. Uh, and if a ba- I don't know is a bad gonna be fit do you think he's no um, I'm I'm in the dark to be honest about a bad. I, I I thought originally when he got injured that it was a minor thing. He, he pulled up in training, uh, and it wasn't serious. So I thought I'm being rested the following game. It made sense because you didn't want to aggravate it. But the fact he wasn't he didn't feature on the bench or anything at all in the Hearts, which might suggest it's maybe more serious than we originally thought. But I don't know to the extent of it myself. Uh, I'm uh, not sure either. Uh, and it's the same with Christie. He he just wasn't even on the bench. Uh, I don't know if he's picked up a knock either, but, but if a bad is fit, just say a bad is fit, I'll, I'll maybe play him and Forrest and then Kyle go through the middle. Uh, you, you could alternate two or three boys in that team if you wanted to change it round a bit, uh, but it all depends on the fitness of guys as well. Uh, but it'll pretty much be something along the lines, I would imagine, would you agree? I, I, I would agree with that, aye. Oh, well, I mean, I think I think in, in terms of the, the Alkmaar itself, I know you said in terms of like the the stand of the team, that by all counts they're they're a good pedigree in, in in the Dutch league, and I think they're probably above a similar standard of Midtjylland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think there, there's no case here for us to go defensive. I think Postecoglou do sticks to that style, and it'll be attack, attack, attack. We score more. I mean, there's no way goal or no more, so you might as well just go for it and try and outscore the, the opponent. Just a minute, boys. No worries. I think, in terms of the the, the Alkmaar game as, as as well, you have to be kind of mindful that they're probably good on the attack. They're going to probably create chances, so we need to be on the front foot. We need to continue that press, and I don't think we're kind of set up, as I said, in terms of a defensive unit. 
to hold out in terms of not, not conceding mm-hmm. the goal level at the minute. I may be made deep my words, but in terms of the, the lineup, I would say Hart would play, Ralston, Welsh, Welsh, um, Starfelt, I was about to say Julian, Starfelt, <laughs> um, Greg Taylor would play, I can see McGregor, Rod Jason Turnbull, same midfield, Adaba mm-hmm. if he's fit, Forrest on, on the left, and then Adaba up front, obviously dropping Edward out of the team, I just think the press works mm-hmm. far back it's when it's um, Do- Kyogo. Kyogo doing it from the front. Uh, aye, I know. I agree with that through the middle. Um, uh, would could you make an argument for maybe starting? Um, uh, what do you call him? McCarthy? Uh, and maybe just pushing McGregor maybe further forward. I still, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I still don't understand why I was saying this McCarthy. I really don't. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I kind of know where you're coming from. Um, I've said it myself previously that I, I, I was a bit sceptical about the signing eh, with regards to the amount of football that he's played, but I'm just thinking he might be a bit more conservative and eh, just protect that back four a bit more than maybe like a McGregor would, obviously, because this is a slightly better opposition. I, I don't know if it's what I would go with myself, but you, you could possibly make a case for that, that sort of option, maybe. I mean... I don't know. What, what about yourself, John? Ross is free on the, the spanner there to start James McCarthy. Would you be happy with that? Well, I mean, it's still early days. Uh, I think it would be a bit of a risk because he only just played his first game on Sunday there. Uh, and he did, what, what did he get, 20 minutes? About mm, 20 yeah. minutes or so. Um, I mean, he didn't, he didn't look bad. Um, but I, I think it's, it's still way too early for him to throw him in a game of that magnitude. Uh, and who, 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 who are you know playing? I, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's what I would pick. I'm just, we're trying to, like, fill up a wee space there. But uh, I just, I don't know. You could maybe make but it's a, a valid question. To, I mean, to protect the back four, possibly. But it, it's it's the game time that's the issue, eh? Aye, it is a game time. It depends where, I, I mean, Andrew's obviously going to see Miriam than we have uh, in training and that, and we'll see, he'll be able to determine what his fitness levels are like. Um, but like you mentioned, if you want to protect the back four, what options have you got? Um, I think if it was me, I might, I would maybe even start my head of sorrow um, if that's the case, um, or even if he's there as a substitute, bring him on ahead of sorrow. Um, but it, or it, it remains to be seen because, like I said, we don't know the situation regarding his fitness. Um, but sorry, boys, I had to nip away there quickly. Uh, somebody was at the door. Uh, so I missed that, Stephen. What what would what would what do you say your thoughts were? Oh, basically what I was saying there, the, the Ross. I mean, the game against Alkmaar is a is a different animal. I think it'll be along the lines of the Midland game, and it'll be good to see yeah. how far proved what way the team's going to play. I was saying there, I'm not confident in terms of the defensive unit that we can kind of shut like shut Alkmaar out in terms of them scoring goals. I think there will be goals conceded, but this is what I'm saying. This is where Postecoglou comes into his own. Can we outscore the opponent? Because again, the worry of the away goal rule, that's not there no more. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's okay to concede two, three, four goals every match. It's not okay. That needs to sort it out. But at the moment, we can see it with our own eyes. There's still frailties at the back. And I think a team like Alkmaar, if they get the chance, will punish us. And I'm not saying Alkmaar are a fantastic world-class team, but they're obviously well-organized. They've played well in the Dutch League. They finished, I think it was third in the Dutch League as well. So that's quite respectable. And it will be a challenge. And as, as I said, it'll be interesting to see how far Celtic have come in terms from the Midtland game anyway. Yeah, 
I mean, for me, the the, the miles ahead of Mitchland. I'm not even. There's no point in sugarcoating it there. So. Uh, definitely. Hmm. Um, I mean, like you said, there they finished third in the Dutch league last year. I think they had a good, a decent, a couple of good results in Europe last year as well. Um, but I what was it? They finished one point behind PSV. I actually ran away with the league, uh, but they were only one point behind PSV, who were in second. Uh, and I mean, you can't like that. I mean, there's, the Dutch league's not the best by any stretch. But you like to say Ajax, PSV, Alkmaar, Feyenoord, and teams like that. They they're well known and they've got European pedigree. Uh, and like you said, to finish one point solely behind a second place finish um, just shows you that they certainly still got a bit about them. Um, obviously, like Ross touched on, I don't think they're the same team of old. Maybe at, at, at 15 or so years ago when they were challenging for for titles in Europe and and, and making their way in the UEFA Cup and stuff like that. But I still think they're a threat. Uh, certainly, and we need to be very, very careful. Uh, for me, I still think that there's enough about. I think the way we're playing at the minute, uh, if we can keep that intensity up and we can press them like that, then we we could get a, a good result at home, and we we might surprise them because I don't think they'll be expecting it, and they don't. I don't think they'll know how to cope with it because I don't think it's a style of football that they see uh, in Holland either. So. It remains to be seen. I mean, I'm, I'm going to remain confident for myself. I think it's going to be largely a, a very similar lineup to Hearts um, for myself. Um, and, and I think I'm confident that we, that we can come away from home with we, we, we a win. Um, but again, I, I, I'm under no illusions that it's going to be a tough game. Uh, Ross, what, what do you reckon? What do you, or just quick, what, what do you think the score is going to be? Um, it's quite. I think. The, the way, because like you've touched on there, because the away goal rule isn't in play now, I think it's going to sort of suit Celtic the way they play. Um, I think at home, it's going to be a very difficult night. Uh, I'm under no illusions, but Celtic will go out to, to outscore every team they play this season. Uh, I, I think I'll, I'm going to stick my neck out and go for 3-1. 3-1. Uh, what about yourself, Stephen? 6-5. Probably I'll go three two Celtic. Three two. Uh, I'm going to go out in the limb and I'm going to say three one. Um, I think I think there'll be enough that we'll, we'll score more than them. I think um, we need to take a two goal advantage over there as well. Aye, I was just going to say something similar. I, I think we need that cushion uh, when we go over there because I don't think that I think without it uh, going over to Holland is. Without that, then it's definitely going to be a lot, a lot tougher for us over there than it will be at home. But yeah, I, like I said, I'm under no illusions that it's going to be a tougher game. Um, and I, I think, I think that, like you guys said, I, I'm surprised that you think that maybe they're as good as Michelin, because for me they're miles ahead. Well, um, I mean, I don't, I don't really have much to compare them on. I mean, I'm not a big watch, watch league. I'm going by the type types of league finishes and. What, what kind of players they have in their squads. I mean, Mitzland, I mean, by all counts, they shouldn't be better than Celtic. They shouldn't be beating Celtic, but they did. And Alkmaar are, are, if not just as good, as you said, they could be better. So it's going to be a difficult challenge. I mean, I think any Celtic fan is aware of that. I mean, where we're at at the moment, yes, we've had good wins in terms of against Dundee, the European game against Jablonek, and then obviously yeah. on the weekend we played some fantastic football but we can't be naive and think we're going to go into these games and tear these tear these teams apart when that's, that's not going to happen sometimes 
No, I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen Wednesday either. I think we'll see it. There'll be enough about us to see a victory, and I think we're going to go away with a 3-1 victory, as I said. Um, but to touch on the Mitchell, um, if that game happened at this point of the season, the way we're playing now, we scud them, definitely. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, 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 no just, like, it, it'd be similar result to the Jablonek, I, I reckon. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if, if we went away for that with 7-2 aggregate. Um because I still think, even despite the fact we lost against Michelin over the two legs, we still I still think we were the better team. Just things when they click in the way they are at the minute. Um, so, but Wednesday's going to be a different animal altogether, as he says. Um, so, obviously, we've touched on the the, the game against Hearts, uh, the sort of imminent transfers in, in the, the upcoming game uh, against Alkmaar. Um, obviously, that that happens tomorrow night. Um, if if you're listening today and. Um, we've obviously got uh, was it Saint Mirren at the weekend. I'm sure we'll touch on that when we when we discuss uh, everything on Thursday's podcast. But is it anything? Just come to yourself, Ross. Is there anything else you want to add? Anything uh, that you want to just sort of bring up or talk about? Um, no, not particularly. No, I've sort of covered all bases at the minute um, leading up to that game. I would guess. Aye, short episode then. <laughs> Nothing else you want to say. Nothing else you want to add. What about yourself, Stephen? I mean, I just again, I want to reiterate that the atmosphere and the Hearts game was absolutely fantastic. And I mean, it's good to see the Celtic support getting behind Postacoglu. I mean, you have to admit, guys, most of us on the podcast were a bit pessimistic when he got announced. Obviously, after all, the the Eddie Howe, the just that whole kind of thing. It took ages, and then Postacoglu came in. He was on known. People weren't going to buy season tickets, but he's managed to turn that around within five competitive games. People are starting to buy into his, his philosophies, buy into the way Celtic are playing. And what I've seen as well, and I haven't seen it for a long time, and this is going to sound funny because there was no fans in the stadium last year, but there's a real connection. Again, I know it's early days, but the, I mean, Cal McGregor taking the players round, clapping all sections of the support. I think that's fantastic to see because it includes the supporters. They feel included. But again, I want to back that with the message that the board need to get behind Postacoglu and give him what he wants because this guy for me can make Celtic a real force and that's something I want to see going forward. Yeah, I'm in firm agreement with that. Um, And I think one of the other things we can all say about Ange is the way he handles the media is incredible as well. Um, He's no, I think one of the worries or concerns if you go back and listen was we brought up whether or not how he's going to be able to handle the Scottish media because we know they were going to try and they were going to try and get under his skin. Uh, They were going to ask him questions to try and throw him off. Uh, just to get a headline at him, uh, and he's gave them absolutely nothing, uh, and it's fantastic to see. Um, but if if that's everything, boys, a short episode. Um, obviously, I want to touch on. We, we've said now for a number of weeks that we're going to be moving to video, uh, and that is still certainly happening. It's just obviously with everything else that's going on at the minute, it's it's, it's been delayed slightly, uh, but it is definitely in the works. Uh, so hopefully. Uh, very very soon, so just keep making sure that you keep. I, th- I think, in. I think John for obviously video and stuff. I'm going to have to buy Ross a wee high chair so we can see him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going there, are we? Uh-huh. We're all jokers, eh? <laughs> Bye. We, we will definitely get there, boys, and I'm sure. I think by all accounts, we're, we're almost ready to go. It's just obviously getting a, f- a final few things set up so that they. Uh, the logistics it works for everybody but uh, 
Aye, again, as ever, for everybody that's listening and supported us and has followed us and continues to to, to discuss things on the YouTube specifically, there's been a few boys uh, who you guys are commenting regularly uh, and we appreciate it. We love getting involved in those conversations. So just keep that up. Keep chat with us, man. Follow us on our socials. Just get involved in any conversations we're having. And thanks again to everybody for the support. Um, like I say, it's, it's, it's been a, a slow rise, but it's been a rise nonetheless. And I think that, that we, we owe that to all you guys uh, as well. So thanks a lot for that. Uh, and again, Stephen, hopefully uh, you'll be sorted and get back into your hosting. Which I'm sure you're absolutely choking to get back hosting. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> you're doing a great job, man. I mean, and I appreciate, obviously, all you guys have said last week. I'm going through some, just some issues at the minute that... I just don't feel up to it sometimes, but you guys are bringing it through, bringing the podcast up, you're keeping it going, and I appreciate you all. Uh, yeah, I know you do, mate, and like I say, hopefully everything starts to settle down a bit for you and you, and you can start to move forward again uh, and get back to day and day. So, uh, and Ross, again, thanks a lot for coming on again, mate. Um, I appreciate you, you taking the time out. Um, I know that everybody's got busy schedules and work and everything else. So for everybody, not just yourself, Ross, but everybody else, Anthony, William, Francis, and everybody that comes on um, and, and puts the time in, it's like really appreciate it. Uh, and we love what we do, as we, what we always talk about it. And as I say, we had that, um, that night out on Saturday, and that will be the first time, money. And it was just great for us all to get together. Uh, and aye, onwards and upwards, boys. Uh, but thanks again, everybody. Thanks again, Stephen. Thanks again, Ross. Um, and Stephen, I'll let you do the honours again, mate, if you want to handle the outro. Everybody stay well and keep safe. Hail, hail. <laughs>